in a world created by Mike Dell. I guess you would call it Mike Dell's world. And good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. This is Mike, and this is Saturday, which means it's host choice for Napod Pomo 21. And today I want to talk about the F111. And F111 is a swing wing fighter bomber that came out in the 60s and was retired in the 90s mostly, except for Australia. Didn't retire until 2010. But uh, we'll probably tell you way, way more than you want to know about the F111. But I do want to talk about a couple of things first. Nothing earth-shattering, but just stuff that's going on in my world. Uh, of course, doing this uh, Napod Pomo, also doing the No Shave November. I do get, I do owe you guys a picture. Maybe tomorrow morning I'll uh, I'll shoot a picture and put it up with the uh, episode tomorrow. But uh, yeah, nothing crazy. Just uh, the the beard came in a lot whiter than I expected. So uh, this is going to look like Santa Claus here before uh, too awful long. But uh, I guess it's the right time of year for that. <laughs> so. And uh, somebody flipped the switch around here, and it got cold. So haven't quite got a lot of snow yet. Uh, had a few spits of snow today. Uh, this is uh, kind of late on Saturday, actually, when I'm recording this. So yeah, sorry about that. But anyway, uh, got all the uh, got all the winter stuff or all the the pre-winter stuff done, with the exception of I got to get the uh, walk behind snowblower out and. Start it up and make sure, you know get it uh, warmed up. Then uh, change on the oil and check everything out on that. Make sure it's ready to fly for uh, when it's time. But uh, got all the summer accessories in the yard put away and uh, battened down, so we're good. So anyway, uh, the F one eleven, otherwise known as McNamara's Folly, now. The thing with the F-111 is very similar to the F-35 that we talked about about a week ago. Uh, the F-111 was an airplane that not ever, anybody wanted. Uh, McNamara saw that the with the exception with the the exception. <laughs> See, I don't have an editor for this show, so you're just going to have to put up with me stumbling and bumbling. Of course, you knew that, but. Uh, the F-111, uh, the problem with that is, is uh, McNamara saw, he was the Secretary of Defense, by the way, saw that, uh, well, the F-4, otherwise, uh, when it started, was the F-110 with the Air Force, and, you know, the Navy had the F-4 first. Uh, it was a good carrier uh, fleet defense fighter, you know, good all-around fighter, but Air Force thought, that looked pretty cool, and uh, so they, they picked up the F-4. So there was one airplane right there that the Air Force and the Navy shared, but the missions that the F-4 was flown, you know, in the Air Force and the Navy were very similar missions. So it wasn't that much of a stretch. But, uh, you know, the whole idea with the F-111 was that, uh, well, we're going to make a carrier-based airplane that's good for fleet defense, and we're going to make a good uh, tactical bomber for the uh, Air Force. Well, in a strategic bomber in a later iteration, but uh, come come to find out, uh, it wasn't good for air to air fighting. 
some of the pilots I knew, uh, you know, said it was, uh, you know, give me 40 acres and I'll turn this thing around. And, you know, in this case, it was, uh, you know, several states <laughs> sometimes it'd go fast, but, uh, if you wanted it to change directions, it wasn't that good at it. You know, the theory was sound, you know, the, the wings swept on it so they could have it all the way out to, Oh, all the way forward. I forget. Seventy-two degrees was the was talked, but I, I don't remember the the forward uh, angle. But you know, the, the the theory was it could fly slow and and maneuver well with the wings out, and uh, and then uh, if it needed to go really fast, it could uh, tuck the wings back and go like hell, and uh, that it did. In fact, most of the time it was never it was never flown fully tucked. Uh, it was uh, usually back around 54 degrees, if I remember correctly. It's been 100 years for me, too. The last time I uh, was around an F-111 was in 93 when they were retiring the the conventional ones. And uh, and so, you know, I really don't, don't remember all of it, but uh, you know, some I do, some I don't. Some I'll read here in uh, the Wikipedia article. I like Wikipedia, even though it's not always perfect. But it says right here that the, it's a supersonic, medium-range, multi-role combat aircraft. And, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> wasn't, yeah, the thing was, it, it wasn't good for the, air, uh, the Navy because it was too heavy, and it wasn't a dogfighter. You know, it would be okay in a straight line and, and all that, but, uh, you know, it was just too heavy and it was too big. Even with the wings tucked, it was, it was just ungainly the uh, – the Air Force had the A model, and uh, it had the, a conventional nose on it. And then the B model, being that it was going to be on a carrier, the B model had a short, stubby nose on it. So it even looked goofy compared to compared to uh, what the uh, Air Force version looked like. And uh, being that it had such a long nose, because it, you know, the, it needed that big nose for uh, terrain-following radar, Plus, its attack radar was uh, was pretty big, and you know since it was such a big nose on it, they uh, made it side by side seating. Most fighters and and uh, tactical bombers of the era were uh, tandem seating. The other thing that was interesting about the F one eleven is it's the first time they put a turbofan engine or a pair of them on a fighter jet, and it's the first time they had an after burning. Fan jet. Uh, now this is a little bit geeky, but there's three types of turbine engines that go on aircraft. Uh, and of course, then there's the, the regular pistons reciprocating engine. You guys understand that. It's just like your car engine. Well, sort of like your car engine, some of them. But a turbine engine is basically it's a controlled fire. Uh, it's kind of interesting. You know, jet. That's typically known as a jet, but there's also a turboprop engine, which is a turbine power plant hooked to a propeller. A lot of airliners, uh, the commuter airliners before everybody got jet uh, commuters, were uh, turboprops, ATRs and the Q100s, and you know there was a whole bunch of Dash 8s and and uh, I don't know if the, was it Jetstar the Jetstar 31, that was a turboprop. C-130 is a pretty popular turboprop for uh, the military. Uh, but, you know, basically, 
you know, and like King Airs and, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, Cessna Caravans for small planes. But that those are turboprops. They're basically, it's a jet engine hooked to a propeller. And then there's a turbojet engine, which is kind of what a turboprop is minus the prop. Turbojet is the uh, jet propulsion section. So it's got a compressor and all that, and all the thrust comes from burning of the fuel, not from, you know, a fan or a prop. And a turbofan is kind of a turboprop stuck in a tube. So it has a turbojet power plant. That's probably not the right term, but the, the actual engine part of it is a lot smaller than what you see. So like if you look at an airliner, you see they got huge, big old fan blades in the front of that engine. And, you know, it's inside of a, a duct. But the actual power plant part of it is is much smaller and kind of behind all those fans. And that's what the turbojet versus a turbofan. Well, anyway, it's the first time they use turbofan engines with an afterburner. An afterburner is basically just where they dump a bunch of fuel in and it kind of acts like a rocket. I mean, that's that's the gist of it, but it adds a whole lot more thrust when needed. You can't use it very long because, again, it, uh, it'll run out of fuel fairly quickly. But anyway, back to the F-111. That was one of the first things that it uh, did differently. Of course, the sweep wings were, were different. The side-by-side seating were, was different. Also, it didn't have ejection seats like most fighters and bombers have. It had an ejection capsule. The whole cockpit came loose and was pushed up by a rocket, and then uh, it uh, could come down and had flotation and all that. So basically there was no ejection seat. It was the whole cockpit took off. It was a, a capsule system. And it worked pretty well, actually. You know, the, in, in actual use, it saved a lot of guys. Not everybody, but did pretty good. Of course, the seats don't have 100% capability either. But uh, at first, it was 0-0 capability. They could be sitting on the ground, and it would go off. But it also had flotation. Uh, Something interesting we learned in school about it. uh, If you ever uh, ejected and landed on water and uh, the capsule was leaking, there was a pin on the uh, control stick you could pull it out and put it in a different hole and then use it as a bilge pump. (laughs) I don't know if that was ever used, but it's an interesting capability. But we'll go through the different models. The A model was, uh, I guess, went active in 1967, you know, first flew in 1964. Uh, Right around the same time they were uh, building the uh, F-111C model, the C model was uh, Australian uh, export, so they were going to send those to Australia. And then they had the F-111B for the Navy. And uh, they only made, uh, well, let's see here. It doesn't say in the article how many they made of the B models, but uh, they, uh, I, I want to say it was somewhere 18 or 20 of them. Only one still exists that I know of, and it's not even in a museum. I think it's sitting out in... Uh, China Lake in a bombing range. <laughs> but uh, I may be wrong. There might be a B model somewhere. If you do, if you know about it, let me know. There's quite a few of them on sticks at various places. 
But uh, the A model was the first one, and they made uh, probably about 100 and something of them. And uh, and the funny thing was all the different uh, iterations of the uh, F-111 all sort of ran about the same time. Uh, they reti- started retire the, retiring them in 1993 and uh, were completely retired from U.S. service in 1998. So, you know, there was a little bit of, you know, a couple of the models stuck around a little longer than the A's. But uh, anyway, the A models came out uh, in 1967 and they were originally stationed in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, Nellis Air Force Base. And they actually sent six of them over to Southeast Asia in 1967 uh, for Vietnam, and uh, they, they kind of fell on their uh, fell on their face. And I think uh, only two of them made it back, something like that, uh, of the six that they sent the first time around. And then later on, they sent some back, and they did okay. But uh, they weren't really tested that much in combat over there. The B model, they uh, they played with it in the Navy for a while. Decided it was too big and too ungainly and uh, and all that. And uh, that was also uh, subcontracted out to Grumman Aircraft, who uh, made a lot of Navy fighters and and all that. And basically, what they did with that is once they scrapped the F one eleven, they. Uh, Grumman went back to the drawing board and came up with the F-14 Tomcat, which is also a swing-wing bomber. Used the same turbofan engines to a lesser uh, success rate because they ended up changing the engines out with GE engines later on in the D model F-14 because uh, they were susceptible to uh, to uh, uh, compressor stalls in the F-14 uh, they didn't do so much in the F-111 because, like I said, the F-111 mostly flew in a straight line. Let's see. The C models uh, were built right alongside the A models. They had the longer wings on it, a little bit longer wings and a little bit bigger engines or a little bit more powerful engines, same physical size. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, Australia didn't take take them until 1973, but uh, they were built in 67, 68, just like, you know, alongside the A models. And uh, here's the weirder part. They had a D model on the drawing board. It was the digital one. They, they had digital avionics in it and, uh, and a little bit revamped uh, hydraulic system, a little bit of revamped uh, intakes and, and, uh, Cooling systems and all that were slightly different, but the big difference was the digital avionics. Well, they didn't uh, do so well in doing that, so the E model came out next after the A's and C's. (laughs) So then there was the E model F-111, and along that same time, they came out with the FB-111. That's the uh, fighter-bomber version, a strategic air command said, hey, we'll take some of those. And uh, so they built 76 FB-111s, which were basically A models with C model wings and, uh, uh, and a little bit bigger engines. Again, just kind of like – it was kind of like a C model, but with uh, A model avionics in it or something. I, I don't really – I didn't, didn't get around the FBs too often. I saw a few of them, but I never really got around them that much. 
But then after the E models, you know, they made another hundred or so of those. And then uh, the D model finally came out. They got the uh, avionics figured out. So the, the D model was out. And then uh, once they got the D model, all the bugs worked out of it, they uh, came out with the F model. That was the uh, biggest, baddest one, the F-111F. That was also the last bomber version to retire in U.S. service. Uh, they retired in 96. But uh, and along the way, there were some experimental ones and some almost, almost ran ones. Uh, they had the uh, F-111K model, which uh, never really took off because uh, they built two of them for the Brits, and the Brits decided they didn't want to buy any. So the 2K models were uh, revamped into uh, FB-111s, and... Uh, Sold uh, sold to, to the U.S. or you know along with the rest of the FBs, and then there was the G model, which was basically when uh, SAC decided they didn't want the F-111s anymore. Uh, they gave them to TAC, the Tactical Air Command or Air Combat Command by that time, and so they went to convert those to uh, for for tactical bombing. Those turned into G models. And then the Australians bought a few of those and stood up a squadron in Amberley with the G model F-111s, which, like I said, were the old FBs, uh, revamped into the G model. Uh, what other one? There was, uh, there was a, a, a really oddball one. Uh, what was that one called? Uh, oh, I forget. Hang on. Uh it had a weird wing on it. Uh, the wing would change shapes as well. Uh, that one, uh, that one's still at Edwards Air Force Base, I guess. And they don't fly it, obviously, but uh, that was an interesting one. And uh, and I'm, I'm going to stick with the conventional ones. There was uh, an idea to make the F-111, the FB-111G, I think is what it was called. Yeah, FB-111G. This was before the F-111G. Uh, and it was supposedly a slightly bigger uh, version of the F-111. Uh, it was going to be like one-third the size bigger than that and have bigger engines and all this. And uh, then, then, they, then they changed it to the FB-111H. They were supposed to have the uh, F-101 turbofan engines from General Electric, and it would have been 12 foot, uh, 8 inches longer fuselage, different intakes, landing gear moved outward. And, uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was like a complete redesign, and really it ended up being the, uh, the uh, B-1, <laughs> which is sort of the King Daddy F-111, the B-1B or B-1A, B-1B. But uh, interesting. And then the other oddball version was the EF-111A, the Electronic Combat Aircraft. That one had a nickname right from the beginning called the Raven. Uh, and I was happy to be at the base that uh, those came in. Uh, you know, we sent off 42 F-111As to Grumman, actually, and they came back as EF-111As. So it was one of the original first 42 Airplanes uh, got changed into spark varks, 
as we called them, or the Raven. Oh, here's that weird one. Uh, the, the AFTI, it was called. Uh, and that was the uh, F-111 that had the weird shaped wings that uh, that they tested out with NASA. And uh, But, uh, yeah, pretty... Uh, Pretty interesting airplane. Uh, you know, I don't know. There was there's just a lot of uh, a lot of stuff I remember about it that uh, that again may not be all that interesting. But one of the interesting things with the F one eleven community was that there were only probably seven or eight bases you could go to that had them. Uh, there was two bases in England. The they had uh, RAF Lake and Heath. In Suffolk, they had uh, F-111Fs uh, when they had F-111s. Then there was the Upper Hayford, England, that had uh, F-111E models and EF-111As. So they had half of the EF-111As. Mountain Home Air Force Base had the F-111Fs originally, but then when they switched to England, they got the As from uh, Las Vegas. And Las Vegas didn't have any. In fact, we were the uh, fighter weapons school for the F-111 was up at Mountain Home, and uh, they'd have to go quarterly down for what's called a checkered flag exercise at Nellis where uh, the students did their uh, graduation flights. So it was pretty cool. So we got to go to Vegas quite a bit. Um, Let's see. Cannon Air Force Base, New Mexico, was kind of the F-111 Mecca there at the end, but uh, originally they got the D models, the the, the digital ones. Uh, and of course, Mountain Home, Idaho got the A's and the EFs. Then um, there was P's Air Force Base, New Hampshire, and what was the other one? There was two of them out east: one in New Hampshire, one in New York, Plattsburgh, Plattsburgh, New York, and P's, New Hampshire had the FB-111s for SAC. And, you know, they were, that was basically where they were stationed. There was, you know, there was not a lot of places. Now in in Australia, it was just Amberley, I think. Somebody from Australia, correct me on that, but I believe it was just Amberley that had uh, F-111s. It was number one squadron and number six squadron, if I remember correctly. Uh, And uh, later there towards the end, uh, they, they had the G models as well at Amberley. I think that was a number six squadron. And and also the Australians came up with an F, the RF-111C, which was a reconnaissance plane. But I think most of them could do it. I think it was just a pod that they put on, but I don't know. Again, the Aussies, uh, correct me on that. It's been too long. But, uh, and then there was a couple other places that you could possibly work on them. McClellan Air Force Base in California, which was the major depot for the F-111. So that's where they went for major overhaul and, and whatnot. So they had a small squadron there, you know, for test flyers and deliveries and whatnot. And then uh, we had uh, operational test and, uh, and other flight testing, of course, was done in uh, – Edwards Air Force Base, and they had a couple F-111s there, not only the ones that they tested on, but they also had a few of them for chase planes because they were probably the fastest thing around, uh, fastest conventional airplane around that uh, could keep up with some of the crap they were doing at uh, Edwards. 
And then, of course, uh, at Eglin Air Force Base in Florida, which I was also stationed at, uh, the test wing down there, we had, uh, we had EF and OT for operational tests, and we had uh, E model and an F model, I think maybe two E models at one time. And we had one in the museum down there, too. So I don't know what the story was behind that one, but uh, so we had a, a couple of them down there. Uh, but that was really the only places you could be uh, stationed with the F-111s, at least, uh, you know, full-time. I, I believe Carswell, New Mexico, had them at one point. Uh, someplace in Texas, well, right near where they were built, Fort Worth, Texas. I'm sure there was uh, some stuff going on there at, at one time when they were building them. But, yeah, they're a, they're a kick-butt airplane, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> They were uh, they were pretty fast. In fact, I, I don't know as there was an actual upper limit of of what the uh, what the F one eleven could do speed wise. I think it was all temperature based, you know, skin temperature. Uh, you know, if it started melting, then pull back on throttles a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. It uh, it was like I said, it was fast. Said the, uh, the the Navy just didn't like the thing, and that's how they ended up with the uh, the uh, F fourteen. Uh, when the F one elevens were retired, the the normal you know fighter bombered ones, uh, the uh, was re- the F one eleven was replaced by the F fifteen E Strike Eagle, which can do pretty good. That was the problem. The Air Force really didn't have a use for it either until they figured out what it was good at, and what it was good at was interdiction. And what interdiction is, is killing stuff on the ground before it can fly up and, and bite you. So, you know, the F-111 was really good at uh, flying into an airfield and knocking out all the airplanes sitting on the ground or knocking out the runways or knocking out some radar sites or, and stuff like that, you know, that for, you know, for being on the ground. It was also good at just plain old bombing stuff, but... You know, its main mission was come in low and fast and, you know, take out airports and, and, you know, airfields and airplanes sitting on the ground and scud launchers out in Iraq, you know, the famous tank plinking, you know, they'd take out tanks uh, going across the desert to just drop a 500-pound bomb on them and they're gone. It's kind of uh, amazing how that worked. But, uh, you know, it was an airplane looking for a job. Where the, uh, you know, same with the F-35. The F-35 is sort of good at lots of things, but not particularly good at any one thing. The F-111 was really good at one thing. They just didn't know what that one thing was, and it certainly wasn't what they bought it for. But uh, they did use it for a long time, and they came up with the F-15E strictly to replace the F-111, along with the B-1B. Uh, B-1B also did the same interdiction missions, although it was also a strategic bomber. The B-1 originally was only going to be a nuke bomber, but uh, now for conventional warfare, they use it the same way they use the uh, F-111. So pretty uh, pretty cool. The uh, last F-111 uh, retired in the U.S. was uh, 1998. It was the EF-111, and they got replaced by, uh, well, at first, EA-6B uh, Navy airplanes. And then uh, now the uh, F-18G Growler has that mission. And there's still F, or not F-111, there's still U.S. Air Force electronic warfare officers 
flying with the Navy on the G Growlers, uh, the F-18G Growlers. Uh, and uh, they're still part of the 390th Electronic Combat Squadron, which was the squadron at Mountain Home Air Force Base that first accepted the uh, EF-111s into service back in 1981. So that squadron still exists, but it's basically a bunch of uh, backseaters for the uh, F-18G Growler uh, flying on Navy airplanes. So uh, kind of a Interesting twist there. So there's a lot of Air Force guys riding around in the back seats of Navy airplanes to do the electronic combat mission that the EF-111 used to do. The uh, last F-111 ever to fly was uh, December in 2010, and uh, the Australians retired their airplanes finally. And uh, sadly, most of them got uh, dismantled and buried in a landfill in Australia. There's a lot of sad pictures of that on the on the uh, interwebs, if you look up a F-111 burial ground, you'll you'll see it. Uh, where a whole bunch of them were buried. But uh, yeah, so uh, their the airplane uh, was nicknamed Ardvark, but not during its lifetime uh, in service. It was actually named Ardvark on its retirement flight. That was the that was when the Air Force officially named it the Aardvark. and the uh, Aussies called it the Pig because well, the uh, in the Afrikaans language, uh, Earth Pig <laughs> was the same as Aardvark. and so the Aussies just called them pigs. We called them pigs because they were maintenance nightmares, but. That's a whole nother, or the uh, the other name we used to call them, the F Wonder Lemon, because you know fly for two and a half hours and then be in maintenance for six or seven, <laughs> at least. Anyway, well, that's it. Uh, like I said, it's my favorite airplane. I, th- I think I talked about it back on uh, episode one hundred and eleven, yeah, but you know how it is. But uh, interesting. Interesting, just the same. And, and I think it's one of the more beautiful airplanes that came out of the Century Series. You know, most of those airplanes are kind of fugly. Uh, but uh, that one just was real sleek, especially with its wings back and everything up. It, uh, it just looked cool. And uh, like I said, it was fast. All right, with that, we'll uh, catch you tomorrow. I'm going to do an episode about ham radio. I don't know exactly what, but... Uh, I think we'll bring well I think we'll do the uh, nets and schedules uh, and I do have a recording of uh, at least the beginning of a couple of nets so that ought to be f- well I don't know about fun but <laughs> anyway catch you then <laughs>